Well, that's not very nice. Don't tell me I'm powerless. That makes me feel powerless. It makes me feel bad. But one second, maybe I have it wrong. Maybe powerless is good. Maybe it's the key to feeling powerful. Maybe it's the key to feeling good. Welcome to Consciously, a podcast focused on honest conversation by regular people and for regular people seeking spiritual growth. Hey, hey, Consciously. How's it going? It's Menachem Poznanski. I want to welcome you to the Consciously Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Uh, just a quick reminder, please subscribe, give us a five-star review on any of the places that you'd like to get your podcasts. Keep in mind our social media pages, The Light Revealed, Consciously62, Instagram, Facebook, all those good things. Uh, finally, um, you can find us on the Intentional Jew Podcasting Network, a great website where a number of different podcasts are forming, getting together. Uh, support each other and share resources. So you can definitely find us over there, uh, intentionaljew.com. Finally, just a reminder, you can find my book, Consciously, Six Steps to a Vibrant Relationship with Our Creator, uh, in Jewish bookstores and online. The links are posted in the episode description. Okay, so I'm, st- I'm trying a new thing. Uh, the idea was once a month to take some time to reflect on the 12 steps. Uh, Anyone who knows me knows I'm a big admirer of the 12 steps, uh, the fortune of writing a book, a guide to the 12 step called Stepping Out of the Abyss with my partner and friend, Arya Buxbaev, who's been here on the show. And um, I thought it'd be nice to kind of do some reflection stuff. I'm going to follow a format of once a month and I'll just do the step that corresponds to the month in the secular calendar. So, you know, in the recovery programs, a lot of times the literature and the different stuff that the doing corresponds, you know, for first month, January, they'll focus in on step one, second month, step two, et cetera, et cetera. So we're going to do the same thing, follow that kind of same format. Um, I'm not going to talk about what the steps are for two reasons. First of all, uh, anybody who's in recovery should be getting that information in their meeting. But, uh, but also because I want this to be a broad conversation that's kind of applicable and valuable for anybody, whether they're in recovery or not in recovery experiencing acute addiction or not. Uh, So I'm going to talk about kind of themes that relate to the steps and how they emerge and obviously how they're connected to Yiddishkeit, to Judaism. So what I want to talk about today in step one, step one, for those who don't know, is admitted we were powerless over our addiction, that our lives had become unmanageable. And the, the really lightning rod word there that comes up for a lot of people is this idea of powerless. A lot of people have a hard time with that. It seems like telling yourself or telling someone that they're powerless is inherently disempowering. It tells them that they can't change anything, that they can't do anything. And that gives a lot of people reservations about the 12 steps itself. It kind of creates a lot of uh, frustration around that. Uh, Another thing that comes up is that a lot of people that have experienced and encountered addiction will tell you that they're not fully powerless. There are aspects of their addiction that they're powerless over, but they have a lot of power. You know, you'll even hear people in the rooms of AA or NA say something like, I'm not going to use no matter what, or I won't drink no matter what. And if that's the case, how could they claim to have worked the 12 steps to admitted powerlessness and then say, I'm not going to drink no matter what, which implies that they have some measure of power. So the question that emerges is what does powerless mean in the 12 steps and how can that relate to our lives, to anyone's life? So... The linchpin here is that a person 
and as we're describing all along the way, a person can be both powerful and powerless at the same time. How is that possible? Well, he could be powerful, he or she could be powerful and powerless in different things or in different expressions of the same thing at different given times. Oftentimes we confuse powerful or powerless as an objective and total statement. There's a, there's a concept uh, in Hasidus and Tanya, just quick shout out for my uh, a new podcast I'm working on called Practically If I Bring In, where my, my spia and friend, Mayor, Mayor Prager, is going through the concepts of Tanya, and I'm fortunate to be able to uh, be uh, his co-pilot in that and uh, definitely take a look at that. Anyway, so Tanya, there's a, there's a great idea. He discusses the idea of a shame hatoar and shame hamushal, um, which ostensibly is reflecting on how we utilize terminology in different ways, right? So sometimes what he explains over there, the Torah literature will call somebody a tzaddik, call somebody righteous, but that doesn't necessarily make them righteous. Sometimes it will call them wicked, but doesn't necessarily make them inherently wicked, right? There's somebody who's inherently holy, inherently righteous, and there's somebody who's inherently wicked, inherently terrible, inherently a Russia, right? But someone can be in a state or act in a way of rishas, of unholiness, or act in a way of tzitkas, of holiness. Not only that, but I could be, you could be, a rasha in one area of your life, and yet a tzaddik in another area of your life. So terms are not always absolute. So in, in clinical terminology, this also kind of plays itself out, right? Like let's say everyone encounters depression, but just because you're encountering depression doesn't make you depressed or depressive, right? There's a symptomatic quality to someone's experience of depression that qualifies them as being, having a depressive disorder. But most people experience measures of depression. Okay. So, so I've made the point, right? So powerful and powerless are not objective absolutes. The only one who can be absolutely powerful, in fact, is God. Only God who has ultimate power can be fully powerful, who can say that anyone is fully powerful? Even, let's say, the president of the United States, who's perhaps the most powerful person on the planet, he carries a lot of power, he or she would carry a lot of power behind everything that they do, and yet there's limits to that power. Uh, you know, meaning inherent within the governmental system of the United States is limits of power and um, the existence of power to to battle other powers. But even if, let's say, someone one were a dictator of a country, they would only have absolute dictatorial power over that country in their country, but not outside of that country, right? So no one has absolute power. And even if someone were the king of the whole earth, they would have a limited amount of power because they would be subject to the whims of nature, right? So no one has ultimate power. So when you talk about powerless and powerful, you're not talking about an objective absolute statement, but rather a subjective statement. So everything and everyone has powerlessness that's subjective to the circumstances that they're in. Powerful over some things and powerless over others. Powerful over one aspect, powerless over the other. Powerful over one phase of development and powerless over the others. The analogy that's given, the famed analogy in the, in the Musa's farm that's given by uh, Rav Dessler is that imagine a person's life as if it's like a battlefield. So imagine two armies that are on a battlefield. Now, technically, those two armies are fighting over a large swath of land. But technically speaking, right now, they're only, argue, they're only battling over the small piece of land where they meet. Right? Imagine, 
you know, a military battle a hundred years ago, right? So they would only be battling over that small piece of land that they're, that they're, that they're fighting over. The, the land that's behind them is not an area that they're actually fighting. It's an area they're protecting, but it's not actually an area that they're fighting over, right? So we have measures of powerfulness in our lives. We have areas of our lives over which we exemplify tremendous power. And we have other areas of our lives over which we are powerless. We don't have power over anything. So when the 12 steps, I think, and this is the takeaway for all of us, when the 12 steps talks about admitting we are powerless over our addiction, that our lives have become unmanageable, it's not telling us to objectively admit powerlessness. What it's telling, what it's inviting us to do is to acknowledge the fact that A, or to admit to the fact, actually, that there are layers of powerlessness in our lives. Because inherent underlying addiction, the existential aspects of addiction, is the strange phenomenon and human idea that I can have full power over my life, that I'm in charge of my life completely. And that often leads people into all sorts of very bad situations. So it's A, the admission that powerlessness exists, and it's also the admission that powerlessness is acutely present in a particular area of my life. So the stepping stone towards spiritual growth often is the admission that I'm not in charge of everything, objectively speaking, and the admission that I'm subjectively powerless over a specific area of my life, and therefore I need her help. So the question that emerges is, what are the takeaways that we can have from that for, any, for anybody? So the first takeaway is that in order to overcome anything in your life, you have to take responsibility for the parts that you have power over and surrender control over the parts that you don't. Oftentimes in life, the reason why we have such a hard time is because we try to exert control over the areas over which we are powerless and we fail to take control in the areas where we do. So that healthy, sustainable recovery, healthy, sustainable living is taking responsibility in the parts that you have power over and surrendering that power in the parts that you don't. The other thing that I think it tells us is that just because I have power in a particular area of my life right now doesn't mean I can always rely on having power over that area. And therefore, it's critically important that I take measures to guard against and protect against powerlessness that might present itself. There's a beautiful concept I've talked to you about here before on the podcast called the Peter Principle. Um, it was introduced to me by a, a dear friend, Laser Stendel. Uh, it's a great idea. Uh, it's it's somewhat of a humorous observation, sociological observation, which is that in bureaucracies, the nature of people, the reason why bureaucracies don't work, this is the theory, is because in bureaucracies, the nature of people is to rise to their place of incompetence. Now, why is that the case? Why is it that people rise to their place of incompetence? Why are they always coming to a place of incompetence? And this this is where it goes. You'll continue to rise up until you meet a challenge over which you lack power. The minute you meet a challenge over which you lack power is when you stop growing, when you stop moving forward. Now, oftentimes, if I'm operating from a place of assumed powerfulness, and then I encounter a place of powerlessness, I'm shocked and dismayed. And either I get stuck there, like I might in a bureaucracy, I get stuck in that job at that level. I can't move up. I'm not elevated anymore. I don't get any more career advancement because I'm not doing a good job anymore, but I'm fortunately protected by the bureaucracy around me. So either I get stuck there or what often happens in life is that I I grow and grow and grow and grow as long as power is there. 
And then the minute I hit my powerlessness, because I haven't developed the capacity to admit that powerlessness, to welcome in and ask for help, I, I tumble down. And I fall in areas over which I even had power before. So a critical component over here is the ability to acknowledge that part of progress will mean I'm going to encounter future places of powerlessness. And that the greatest tool I can have to encounter those places of powerlessness is not to assume that I necessarily will be able to grip my way through it, but rather the ability to admit that powerlessness and ask for help. The last thing that I think this really tells us is that admitting powerlessness is not putting ourselves down or disempowering us. It's acknowledging a truth. It's acknowledging where we do have power. And in that way, it's incredibly empowering. Acknowledging where I don't have power is also acknowledging where I do have power. Pretending that I have power everywhere is not empowering, it's delusional. Acknowledging that I'm powerless in some areas is acknowledging the healthy perspective on reality, that I have power in some areas. It invites power into your life because you're not the only generator of power anymore. There's other people. There are amazing ideas and principles. And there's God. If you don't know how to admit powerlessness, if you haven't been able to transcend that step, then you can never welcome those other sources of power into your life. You can never truly welcome others in. You can never really absorb ideas that are outside your perspective. You can never really welcome God in. So when we admit powerlessness, we're admitting how powerful actually we are, and we're acknowledging how present a power greater than ourselves can be in our lives. Thanks for listening to the Consciously Podcast. Consciously is a project of The Living Room, which is a division of Our Place New York, and made possible by the kindness of the Capellius family, in memory of Tsipora Basravaron. The host of Consciously is Menachem Posnansky, and our trusted assistant to the regional co-host, Shmaya Hanekman. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can give us a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on Apple, Google, Spotify, or Stitcher, or wherever else you get your podcasts. We sincerely welcome and appreciate your feedback and questions. So please feel free to email us or on our Instagram and Facebook pages.